everybody. Welcome to the Homework Use Podcast today. I'm Rachel and I'm very excited to bring to you our analysis of the recent Chronicle Mysteries uh, series that has been on Hallmark Movies Mysteries. It's a new series with Allison Sweeney. We had announced that we were going to have Lori Stark be my guest for this, but she had some things come up. And so our very good friend, Lisa, is here to pinch it for us. And she's amazing. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Of course, I mean, I'm sorry that you missed out on Lori Stark because she's amazing. But I am glad to try and step into her shoes, which is going to be difficult. But here I am. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. I really (laughs) appreciate it. And before we get on to talking about all this nonsense, we do have some sad things to talk about, but I didn't want to go without sharing our uh, condolences and our, the sad news of Luke Perry's passing today. It's being recorded on Monday uh, and uh, we're just really sad. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to wrap my brain around just because, you know, that was one of the first, you know, shows as, as a young person where I identified and thought, you know, like these kids really get it and it was yeah. my staple. And of course, like like a million other teenage girls at the time we all fell in love with Dylan from the moment we saw him so you know and for me it really stuck in when he was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer I was like yes I we're going to get married it's just a matter of when not if (laughs) obviously yeah yeah so I wasn't allowed to watch the early days of of Beverly Hills 9 of 210. I was two. I mean, I'd started in 1990, and so I was only nine. It was two. Mm-hmm. I was two uh, young. In fact, it was kind of a show that I would sort of sneak watch for a lot yes. of years because yes. my, my parents wouldn't allow it. And <laughs> <laughs> my friends. And and then, because uh, it, you know, was, was a long show, 10 years. And right. then once I was in high school sort of those later years and then uh in a college because i went to college in 98 uh, and so once that all happened uh so i was i felt more invested in those later years gotcha. of the show than See, the early I, years yeah i fell off like it was always to me geared towards like a i, I felt like at the beginning it was one-off shows where you had you know a whole premise start to finish and each show was on its own and then eventually it turned into more of a soap opera where they carried storylines through I mean they carried storylines through but not in the same way and then it started changing to where it was like almost like a teenage soap opera and that's kind of when I dropped off I got older and I was just like okay I'm over this and I stopped watching but yeah, yeah it's really hard to wrap my brain around because I mean not that we were that close in age but you know he's like yeah. my generation and yeah yeah i know and you know everybody likes liked dylan you know it was dylan and brandon oh my gosh right they it 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 really is and he was very young this very sad and so you know he was in uh the uh, good night for justice movies here at hallmark which we did review the first one back in our uh hallmark movies now episode we we reviewed one of those and that was fun and then we also reviewed i think love in paradise 
I like that for, one. for one of us. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that one as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's definitely the the standout of the movie for sure. Right. <laughs> in that that one, yes. it's, it's pretty. It wouldn't. He he adds a lot of kind of fun to it and yeah he always plays sort of a cowboy kind of character on hallmark which is interesting (laughs) yeah yeah and he did another movie called the pledge which i haven't seen i have Uh, not seen that one but way back in the day and where he was also a cowboy so (laughs) anyway we just wanted to uh share that and uh definitely our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends absolutely a definite loss so there we go now let's talk about some silly mysteries okay (laughs) Uh, and if you guys want to share your thoughts about uh you know luke perry uh then put in the comment section or on twitter we'd love to hear your memories and thoughts so all right so the chronicle mysteries you know everybody knows i am not a huge fan of the mysteries they i'm very picky (laughs) when it comes to the (laughs) mysteries and i i was pretty excited for this one though i i i worked really hard to get my interview with allison sweeney it was very difficult Uh, and so just for that reason alone i was kind of excited because i'd gotten pretty invested in the series because just trying to get this interview and i mean i must have emailed I felt like 20 different people talked to all these different, I finally was able to contact her. The Chronicle Mysteries had an Instagram account who I contacted and then they referred me to another person who was like the producer who then I talked to and then they, and then finally, <laughs> I was, goodness, so, yeah. it was a lot of work and I was so proud, <laughs> proud of it. And I, I felt like, because this was her idea, because it was an original script uh, and she was so invested in in podcasts and true crime podcasts and also i said this is going to be really cool this is going to be really different and so i was i was actually even though i'm normally that that into uh these mystery shows i was actually pretty excited for this one and i I walked away feeling pretty disappointed by by pretty much all of them. I, it's not that they're awful. They're just very generic. And I was hoping that they would be special. And I think that all of the podcasting elements, which I thought could have made it special, have, were very poorly used. Right. And I will say, in my general opinion of the three, I really had fun because... I do enjoy the mysteries. I will say this first. I do enjoy the mysteries. Part of the reason why I love the mysteries is because I really like trying to figure it out before the end. And I like competing with my husband to see who can figure it out. And, you know, and I just, um, there's a time when I just don't really want to go down the love avenue, the romance avenue. And Uh even though there's always a tint, like a little hint of romance in these, like most of the time it's just focused on, you know, the mystery. And so I do enjoy that. Um, so overall, I had fun because I thought these were two out of the three had enough um, red herrings to keep me guessing. Yeah. And overall, I agree with you. The podcasting stuff, just because I'm a true pod, a true crime podcast 
fanatic. I absolutely yeah. love them. That I was just a little put off just because I kept thinking, this is not how this works. This is right. not how they do true crime podcasts. Like, I, I kept feeling like, have any of these people ever listened to a podcast? But I know that they have. Yes. Because Allison is a big fan. And In real so, life, right? This is, she yeah. like, likes it, right? And, you know. And I, because, so what, for people that don't know about these true crime podcasts, it's basically kind of similar to, say, like, Dateline, kind of, but stretched over a season. So you learn little bits, but it's not it's a scripted podcast yeah it's not They're, live it's not like you find no. stuff each week and then produce show it up like because in a murder mystery or missing persons case or a cold case even though it's kind of you know not a live case it's you still aren't guaranteed interesting information week by week right <laughs> you aren't guaranteed anything and so these people put in months and months sometimes a couple of years researching and getting permissions and interviews and put, weaving yes. it all together into a very compelling narrative that we can follow and be like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Next week? No! You know? And, yeah. And, and uh, the biggest, most famous one is probably the show Serial. Right. Which uh, is done by, uh, by Sarah Koenig yes. and Julie Snyder. Sarah Koenig's the voice. And I, uh, and so what they've done they've done three seasons and uh the first season uh was all about uh the uh the the 1999 murder of a high school senior in baltimore and the the uh and their the possibility that the wrong person had been convicted right. and then the second season uh, was all about Bo Bergdahl and right. his uh, desertion of his troop in Afghanistan. And then, so then there's third season, uh, which I have not, I have not listened to on the third season, but it, yeah, it's a whole package. They literally script it out. They write it out and you get clues and you get, and they're trying to kind of walk you through the process. So at, as an investigation but i understand that that makes would make this kind of show difficult because mm -hmm. it's all you'd have to kind of you kind of have to have maybe her podcasting as a narrator and yeah. be like and then they went to blah 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 and and then show the investigation i i think you'd have to do it that way right so you could have that kind of scripted but what I would have done, and it's it would it would be a slight variation on how it really happens. I would have done it as more sort of an investigative uh, piece of investigative journalism. And you're right, like it it wouldn't work because you 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 it could be really boring. Like it, you yeah. could figure it out on the first day. <laughs> but the the it would have I think been fun to me if they had had like leads coming in from her listeners and she call you know she talks to the leads she goes and looks into them she has interviews maybe with people involved on the podcast something like that i mean that wouldn't have been exactly what they do on a show like serial but it would have been it, it would have felt it would have been better i think uh, that's how i would have probably gone 
and this the way that the thing they chose is she is she's just a reporter like she's not a podcaster right she's not i mean they show her so minimally doing podcasts especially in the second one i couldn't even believe it and they uh she's not she's just a reporter she actually is the editor for the paper and the paper is sponsoring her podcast and so it was just really disappointing <laughs> yeah i mean so for me i understand like whenever i come into any sort of movie it doesn't matter what it is i always have to have a little bit of suspension of you know belief just sure. because things have to fall in just the exact way for these things to happen and i know it's even more so when you come on hallmark because they want to craft on the you know the hallmark channel side a happy ever after and so you have to kind of put aside a lot of you know normal everyday things and get into this world and on the mystery side of course the same thing i mean these things are always very neatly solved and so i always have to get into that mind frame so i gave them a lot of leeway but in the end i just kept it, it was almost like it was very distracting but just because I, was, yeah. I thought this isn't how it works and i know that they have to do things for dramatic purposes and so it wouldn't be any fun just to sit her watch her sit in a room and do a bunch of research but honestly and this is where i fail a lot of times i try not to watch a lot of previews of the mysteries because yeah. i don't want any insight ahead of time i like to try and be like fresh and non-spoilery um so i didn't realize it was three separate movies i honestly thought it was going to be a three that would have been smart of this woman who was lisa dropped who was missing and that it was going to be a three-part series of her mm. podcast into how she went missing and whether and i was like oh my gosh and so when halfway through the first movie i was like well they're gonna solve this this is what has happened and then i realized oh it's three separate movies so like there is no distinguishable <laughs> difference between taylor cole's character and ruby herring as she's like basically an investigative reporter and yeah. and alex's character in this series okay well i will say this her recorder i looked it up because it was really cool that little recorder that she took around with her uh-huh I looked it up and I was like, okay, this is really cool. I have zero need for it, but I did look it up on Amazon because uh -huh. that's a cool thing. And I really want to carry that around with me in the event I ever need to have a on the spot interview. <laughs> so I did, I did pick up that little nugget from these movies. I so. have never seen that recorder before. How much oh, I paused it. Do you remember how much it costs? It was like $200 and I paused okay. it and I wrote down the name and then I went to Amazon and looked it up because yeah, I'm a giant <laughs> nerd. <laughs> <laughs> pause it so i can figure it out because i thought okay is this one of those things that they made for the movie like in um uh, home alone 2 when he has that little voice recorder and right. then they realized that kids would love it so they actually produced it <laughs> and you could buy it which yeah. i never got one even though i was desperate for one thanks mom <laughs> and dad um but i was like is this a real thing or is this something that they made up for that because that would be cool too but i look at no it's a real thing and you can buy all kinds of stuff for it. and yeah i was like around two it was like 218 or something and did i put it in my wish list yes i did do i need right. it absolutely not. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that is supposed to just get better sound or something like that when i think it was like yeah it had like four channel where you could the two mics went two different ways so you could pick up both and that way you know instead of um have and you could hook it up like there was it, it i watched the whole video on it you could hook it up and, yeah it was just oh, i was way too invested into that <laughs> anyways okay i'm sorry but really i mean <laughs> really because ruby herring is a reporter 
I mean, she's like a consumer reporter at the beginning, but she right. basically is an investigative reporter by the end. There's no difference right. between Ruby Herring and Alex. They're both just reporters. Yeah. And so the thing that was frustrating to me is that it was just, it's not like it was really that bad. It was just super generic. Yeah. All the stories, her character was super generic. Everything was just very generic and that can be fun. I'm not saying it could be fun, but it had the chance, I think, to be something really cool mm -hmm. and, and better than the average Hallmark mystery. And I don't know, I'd be surprised if anybody is putting this as better than the typical Hallmark mystery. I, I haven't talked to anybody who would say this is better than mystery 101, for example. Uh, and I certainly don't think this is as good as a garage sale mystery. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. I just, I kind of wonder sometimes if Hallmark knows what a podcast is, <laughs> various things. Um, right. but, uh, but yeah, they just did a really bad job of, and, and they just gave it no time. Like I said, especially the second one, she, I mean, the idea that she, is able to you'd get the idea that you just kind of sat down uh in a basement somewhere and we're like hey i'm gonna report a true crime podcast now <laughs> and i it's a little more it's a little more complicated than that yeah <laughs> like i know just from just from uh doing the silly homework podcast that it takes a lot of preparation and work to to i mean to edit to get it ready to yeah have all my notes all that stuff and i mean i really kind of wondered like what is the purpose of alex's podcast because it doesn't seem to help her to figure out the cases ever and so what's she trying to accomplish is she just doing it for fun right, she, right. She, she's never gotten a single clue and so it just basically becomes a slightly used narration tool yeah which okay. is a bummer yeah yeah okay. i'm too hard on it <laughs> no i mean overall i honestly i i like the darker grittier ones i think because um you know hallmark channel is so light and their uh -huh. romances and they're you know they're very sweet and they're very easy going and sometimes i want that extra edge and so these I thought were a little darker. They were a lot, you know, um, even the overall look of all of them were, you know, everybody was in dark clothing and everything was like super dark and things would happen at night. Like the That's whole thing. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree. I mean, we're going to talk about in the first one where you have people, criminals fighting Alex, falling into a, <laughs> a styrofoam pit and, oh, no. uh, and then we have people getting poisoned by, by wine chemicals. Yeah. And I mean, it was pretty, I think it might, you know, I would say Ruby Herring and certainly mystery one, one was well, way yes. darker. Yes. It, that one was. Yes. mystery 101 has two people getting murdered and the and the guy holding uh jill wagner at gunpoint as they drive along i mean that was pretty dark right well in the last one of this one you actually saw blood on his head one of the people that died and then the end he does hold them up at shotgun 
Yeah. Which I was like, dang, dude, you know, you're like five feet away from them. You don't need a shotgun. Right. Jeez. I mean, I would say this definitely is darker than certainly the, the, uh, the Emma Fielding for sure. Yeah. <laughs> which was ridiculous. So I kind of enjoyed it because it was so silly. Yeah. It was um, fun. But with those pedantic professors made me laugh. Um, oh, yeah. But it is certainly darker than the Ruby Herring, but it's, I wouldn't say, I'm, I think it's about online with Haley Dean. Well, see, and that's why I like those, because I think, you know, when I compare them, I'm like, um, Aurora Tea Gardens are fun for me. I really like yeah. Sally and, yeah. and Aurora because that's light. And I, I feel like those, even though some, some of them are kind of, you know, super murdery, I feel like those are lighter. I think the character of Aurora Tea Garden is lighter. And then, but yeah, when it comes to, um, what's the one you just said? The one with um, Kelly Martin? Haley uh, Dean. Yes, Haley Dean. You know, she's an ex-lawyer and she's yeah. in a relationship with the medical examiner. And, you know, I just, I think overall, like that's a, that's a darker tone to it. I don't know. Yeah, Anyways, this is but, more, more certainly darker than Murder, She Baked. Yeah, sure. And it's a, uh, but yeah, I'd say it's like right in, Mm, it's right in the uh, it is in the higher things but i don't know i was just hoping it would really stand apart amongst yeah. all these other ones that we're it. talking about and I it just it. didn't and that's yeah. frustrating but anyway so we kind of got that out of all the way because because <laughs> that's my main problem is that unmet potential but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad it was just disappointing yeah. i had fun with them i'll say that overall so. i had fun with them and if they came on again like what was it sunday they had a marathon i would watch it again yeah so, okay good all yeah. right so well let's dive in to each of these and and talk about them real quick so the uh the first one is that i well i will say real quick that i did think that the casting was very strong in this agreed uh, i thought that all of them were were good and did a good job with what was asked of them and you know allison is good she's strong uh you know you have benjamin Ayers playing drew the the uh reporter for the paper right and uh i really loved we'll talk kind of later more about rebecca staub was great uh, you know whenever she appeared i yes. really liked uh i forgot to write down the, the actor who plays chuck oh his name is dave colette Dave Collette, that's right. Mm -hmm. Dave Collette as Chuck was brilliant, especially in the last one. The last yeah. one was definitely my favorite for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, but he was great. I I thought that yeah, pretty pretty much the the whole cast I thought was very strong. So that that's a definite selling point for for sure. Okay. And so this first one, it has Alex returning to the small town. They managed to have a thriving newspaper <laughs> mm -hmm. um, in Pennsylvania. And so she is getting ready to record her next episode of True Crime Podcast. And she's looking into the disappearance of this childhood friend of hers from 20 years past that had gone missing. And the, her uncle owns this newspaper uh, there in the Chronicle, I think it was called. And, uh, and so she uh she starts working for the newspaper and uh they kind of sponsor the podcast and this was probably the best case 
of the three even though it was kind of wonky at certain spots but i liked the fact that it wasn't like an obvious murder it mm -hmm. was this person missing so it added kind of a a little bit of a layer you don't always see that with hallmark movies with these mm -hmm. mystery movies usually it's just like oh here's this nice woman she's gonna be gone in five <laughs> minutes we know that's true <laughs> uh so uh, we're like ooh, <laughs> she's not gonna be long for the world she's like right. wearing pink it's not looking good and so anyway that i thought was interesting would you agree i do um I, I did like, I, I don't, maybe I missed it at the beginning of this episode because this, this to me was, I agree with you is the best storyline, but I didn't think it was as strong as one of the others, just because you have to set up a lot. This is the first one in the series. So you have to set up a lot. So you have to know everybody, you have to introduce everybody. You have to let everybody know who is who. Um, and I think I missed it at the beginning if they established that it was her uncle, because, you know, I think um, Drew is kind of confused about why Alex comes in and gets this preferential treatment from the paper. And he's like, okay, well, cause he calls his boss, the, you know, the man, the editor of the whole paper. And he immediately says, oh yeah, give her what she needs. Let her go through all the records. Let her have some space, you know, we'll sponsor it and it'll be a good tie in with the paper. And Drew's kind of like, oh, okay. I think there's like a later conversation. Right. Because she like, walks oh, in on the meeting. Niece. Yeah, she walks in on the meeting and he's like, can we please continue with our meeting? And she's like, oh, hi, Uncle Miles. And everybody like, record stops. And I'm like, oh, I thought that was a good twist. I thought it was clever. Like, yeah. you well, didn't really know until the middle that, she knew him and i thought that was kind of cool yeah well and also i would be super po'd if the editor of the uh the paper uh that that just gave the editor-in-chief yes. position yes. his niece who's just a podcaster like what i, I mean so mad the whole time i was I, when the, that scene was unfolding when at the end she he just her uncle who's a little older and hasn't been feeling that well decides to step away for a little bit and he says alex you're here i want you to move here why don't you take over the paper and she's like what and i'm thinking the whole time okay what does everybody else in the paper who's probably toiled away there for years think about this and two does she know anything about running the paper was that established that she's a previous newspaper person or a journalist or anything so yeah that was kind of confusing but I, I kept thinking that it was going to play out more and later in the series that it was going to be a contentious point between drew and her like maybe he wanted to be editor-in-chief and she just came in and took it from him but they never really came back to it it was all just kind of a joke yeah it was bizarre i mean and it seems kind of to fly in the face of what these shows do these shows are not about professional investigators. Right. These shows are about amateur sleuths. And I forgot to mention this earlier, but I found in this interview with Sarah Koning from Serial that she said that uh, they had this whole backstage thing where she talked about things. And she said that, uh, that they were caught off guard when amateur sleuths began their own investigations as season one was unfolding so this mm -hmm. is how they totally could have done this show they could have had the podcaster been a different character and yeah. you have the fan of the podcast who's the amateur sleuth 
who's following the details and each week mm. she gets and her and the podcaster end up getting it into coots not some rachel that'd be a good cozy mystery write it <laughs> right that would be that would totally be amazing it would be so good <sighs> anyway so <laughs> i just think yeah they already have amateur sleuths i was like whoa whoa but uh anyway oh well so there's this woman gina who is missing and uh and then you have uh her kind of meeting all your characters like you say you have chuck and eileen uh you have her uncle miles and uh they i like i always like to divide these mysteries so we're gonna have some spoilers spoilers alert um divide them in these into four categories so we have the murderer the victim the family fun is what i call it it's like all the accessory <laughs> characters depending on the show it's different uh, and then uh, red herrings so uh the murderer well let's start with the victim so the victim in here we have gina is missing yeah. and we have courtney ends up dying in a fire there's a fire right and they had worked together gina and courtney had worked together as when they were younger the night that gina disappeared so that's their relationship at the, from the get-go yeah and just before that where she dies they had had they'd interviewed her right and uh so it's everything's looking pretty suspicious and so the, the red herrings the family fun we've already talked about that you have uh, you have drew miles chuck eileen and you have fireman sean those are kind of the accessory sure. characters in this case uh so your red herrings are you have it could be an uh, she could have gotten to an accident there's the whole where they're investigating the waterfall could she have like fallen into the waterfall what happened uh there's this guy her ex named troy who could have who could have taken her out uh and then there's this guy who is working with courtney uh setting up these uh kind of shell companies he has this sort of scam going on right. so what did you think about all these red herrings honestly they some of them kind of got confusing for me um mm -hmm. i i you know i try and work my way through the puzzle and i try and think of who's the person we've seen a couple times and we're not really meant to pay a lot of attention to but there was a lot of these in here which made for a good whodunit uh -huh. but at the same time at the end basically in all three of these at the end i was very confused about who was bad and who was good <laughs> I couldn't keep track of everybody <laughs> yeah there was kind of a lot going on and yeah i agree i didn't live tweet this one and that helps me kind of remember things uh better but uh but yeah there's basically uh there was kind of a organized crime syndicate in town in this small yeah. town and so gina had hidden out uh from this had seen what this guy was doing running this crime syndicate and then he basically had like a thug detective that was kind of his enforcer right goon kind of and then uh, and then so she uh runs off and hides for 20 years and because she's so afraid of these mafia guys right and what they're going to do and 
So basically, Alex kind of is able to uncover, then find Gina, and then brings her back. And then there's a final ending fight that really was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. It, it was in like a trampoline world or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they ended up going to Sky Zone, which there are two Sky Zones where I live, like not in the same city. And when I saw that, I died because my kids go there and I'm like, okay, this is a legit Sky Zone. I recognized artwork and I was just like, this is a legit Sky Zone. I'm like, big promotion for Sky Zone, I guess. But yeah. With it, it was yeah. so over the top. <laughs> it's it was really crazy, <laughs> but oh well. What are you gonna do? And so yeah, this. How many crowns did you give this one? This first one. Um, I don't know. I I I think the first ones are always the hardest. Just like because, like I said, you have to establish so much. Um, but I like like I liked everybody in it. And I had fun with it. So I'm going to go with 3.25. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it... Mm, you can do it. You can be me. <laughs> I'm going to give it 2.5 crowns. <laughs> I have it at number 11 in my ranking. Gotcha. I have it just below Winter Princess and just above Valentine in the Vineyard. Okay. I will say in its defense, if you really did fight somebody in a sky zone and kick them into that foam pit they are stuck there it is near impossible to get out of those dang foam blocks <laughs> there's like no way to get any footage you have to it's such an odd thing i'm like he would have been stuck in there they had plenty of time to call the cops because you can't get out of those things so <laughs> for that <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> uh that's true that's, that is true taking some upper body strength i think to get I out mean, of there like i said i take my kids there all the time and yeah once you get in it's like quicksand you're done for yeah that's right so uh all right so yeah so then we had 16 total movies so far that i've watched on hallmark and uh so all right well let's talk about the second one the second one and i must say this maybe i should brag about this but this was my shining hour of live tweeting Ooh. i live tweeted this movie because nobody else could do it which was fine nobody else could do it while watching the oscars and live <gasps> tweeting the oscars i did both at the same time and that's it, because you're a professional it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> i was very impressed with myself and i could only do it if one of the things I was watching is like nonfiction, there's no, I can't follow two plots, but right. I can just be like, oh, look, that one. There you go. Right. And <laughs> still, yes, it was very good. So, <laughs> so this was the wrong man. And basically, there is this, uh, there's this lawyer who has uh, died, this young lawyer, and uh, there, who was the wife of this man played by peter benson and the peter benson character was acquitted but he doesn't feel like he's been acquitted by the members of the town and so he wants her to do the podcast on his, on his on the case uh as a way to vindicate him and uh this this is the one that uses the podcast the least i mean she is i i started counting like 
been 30 minutes she hasn't been on it one time <laughs> and then she finally gets on it like, it was just so minimal but anyway uh so this one uh we have <laughs> there's a lot of mafia organized crime is a problem in this right town in pennsylvania what is going on but um uh this one the victim is this uh this wife of peter benson character i think it, i think maybe her name was susan if i'm i can't remember Something but anyway coming. yeah yeah and uh so so then the we had some red herrings in this we have the philadelphia mafia has moved in next door get that right. going on very yes. exciting we have the husband obviously is a suspect we have the brother who at first i was like this guy i don't know he's pretty shady to me the brother yeah yeah and uh and and that's um what's his name his, i got it up right here his name is jesse moss and i will say that he can pull off creepy yeah or super cute so in right. this movie he really pulled off creepy because at the beginning i was yeah. like uh i have questions sir he looks kind of like the guy who is on october kiss to me october kiss i know the movie oh the lead in october kiss yeah, yeah i can see that right yeah yeah i can see that. um <laughs> and so then there's the dog washing lady who has right. the she's the, a hallmark staple she's super cute yes yeah. <laughs> and so they think because she's like an ex-con and has this sort of shady back when they, <laughs> they figure it out they show and, her mugshot yeah like, that's right <laughs> you're know, kind of an expert at photoshop that's amazing yeah and then there's all these people down at the dock right a lot of time spent at the dock in this one and i think his name was phil is the guy that uh is kind of looking through stuff he's never really like a suspect but there's just a lot of time spent down there yeah he does a lot of like two second too long looks at people yeah and you know that he's actually really probably really nice but they just kept posturing him yeah. as just like a little too starey and then there's a break-in at their house and the guy that ends up getting arrested for that uh, i put on twitter i said because he refers to the girl who was murdered as a solid b <laughs> i was like let's just arrest him anyway he, he belongs yes. in jail he's not the yeah, murderer but what's going on why would you refer to a woman as a solid b oh my gosh i missed that that's terrible <laughs> yeah and <laughs> i was like let's just put him in jail <laughs> um but uh, then I do like at the very, very beginning, this guy finds these, this bones with this diamond ring on it. And yeah. I, like, if I found a bones with a diamond ring on it, I would freak out. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if you're just like running along your day at the park and it's okay. like, oh, I, that's why it's like, I hike a lot and one of my biggest fears is not a body is like just an any sort of animal carcass and so that alone would freak me out and he just kind of like oh and he pulls out his phone he's like yeah I'm at such and such place and I think I found a dead body and I'm like seriously yeah. <laughs> like what um <laughs> and so yeah they they did have a a little cute scene where they are investigating the shipping crate 
and they it kind of gets it gets picked up and moved around and stuff and they get pretty cozy in that scene yeah they do yeah it gets right up on her and i was just like (laughs) which i liked that was good you know what it made me think of it made me think of that part in greece when they were in that maze at the end in that little shake shack and they were dancing and it kept like tilting them back and forth and it made me because they just kept running back from one side to the other and i know it was supposed to be they were they were actually getting moved around but it was very and that's like my favorite thing in any kind of romance to ever exist is when people just like happen to fall conveniently oh onto each other it's my favorite thing i think it's so hilarious i cannot imagine that ever happening ever in the real world that it's just like, oh, look, <laughs> I've fallen in a spot where I'm just staring into your eyes. <laughs> yeah, I've just fallen right on you <laughs> if with I, my hands gently, <laughs> gently laid on your chest. Yeah. If I ever meet Mr. Oh. Sunshine, we're going to have reenactments where we're going to make that happen because oh, it will be the greatest yeah. thing ever. <laughs> I think, I'm not sure that i don't know in real life but benjamin Ayers, Ayers, Ayers how do you say it Ayers? i'm not sure how you say it Ayers, okay, he Ayers, looks tall Ayers. and yeah he looks tall and yeah this is where all gets really superficial so i'm sorry y'all. <laughs> i know i should be focused on content but he looks really good in the shirt like he he wears the yeah, shirt really well he and he wears that leather jacket really well and so i was like yeah fall right into him yeah it was really good. I like, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and so what are those? So there's all, there's this creepy mafia guy out at the farm, the sunflower yes. farm. <laughs> and what, they're making fake extra olive virgin oil. olive oil? Yes, fake olive oil. This is Take the sunflower weird. oil and then you add something and then you put water, cut it with water or something and then you slap a label on it and then you make a bunch of money by saying it's exclusive. <sighs> That is the weirdest, like, mafia thing I've ever heard. It sounded amazing. I was like, this like, is... <laughs> I mean, the way they showed all those chemicals, I was like, they're not going to go into the drug territory because this is Hallmark, yeah. and I can't imagine this being some sort of meth lab. <laughs> and so then they pull out sunflower oil, and I'm like, I knew it, Hallmark. I knew you wouldn't bring drugs into this. Was this sunflower oil, like, really expensive? I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's so true it's like oh they don't want to have it be some meth lab like you say so they've got it so they made something cooking which was amazing i loved it yeah it was awesome it was really funny (laughs) (laughs) your secret olive oil thing uh so anyway they and they make no attempt to like hide it if i knew that i had been interviewed like several times right like i i would I would uh, like put it in the basement at the very least. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I mean, this guy was in prison and he got out, and he's risking it all for olive oil. <laughs> oh my god! He's like, this is this is it. This is how I'm making my money, and yeah, well, yeah. And then yeah. there's that the the whole thing with the cell phone case was quite the thing. So first of all, you have this whole confrontation between the brother character and the peter benson character and they're they have this like cell phone showdown (laughs) like i'm gonna throw it in the i'm gonna throw it in the lake oh don't throw it in the lake i know what you know this very tense it was very good i got you i got you and you're just like oh my gosh and then the phil guy he finds the phone case and at the whole time there's also this lady named betsy well, at first she claims she had knew she knew nothing about it. She wasn't involved at all. But then it yeah. turns out 
shockingly that her and peter benson were having an affair i know they made it happen because at the beginning they were like y'all had an affair and they both were like no we wouldn't do that we were just friends and i'm like of course they wouldn't because this is hallmark and then bam they were like we won't give you meth lab but we'll give you a fair i know i was shocked (laughs) especially if he knew that that kind of baggage was out there why on earth would he want this podcast to be done Mm-hmm. but anyway so you have betsy and betsy had amazing hair i was very envious of her hair it was very pretty i wanted to be like i need your curl because naturally my hair is curly i always flat iron it and i'm like i need your curl care routine i agree I like it. it looks okay. really good yeah it did yeah i agree and so that's kind of i guess a red herring to a certain point and yes then and so do you think does peter benson's character know that betsy is the murderer i don't think so i i honestly don't i think he was just as bewildered as everyone else i think i don't know i think he made have not only know if he had suspicions i think he just was so consumed with the fact that he didn't do it i don't think he really branched out enough to think about who might yeah also have reason to do it but it was fun to see peter benson in this type of role mm-hmm. so yeah. yes he's always amazing he's great. yeah and yeah. the so the phone case is found by phil and right. um, i mean how they would ever know that this was related to uh, it, it was quite and then like betsy still has the same purse like, I know. like move on from that purse like what is this like i know i was thinking to myself like what is this a dolce gabbana or gucci i know just like, yeah your michael kors purse that you can't get rid of like what it was really wow and it matched the, the cell phone case and so then alex sees that and she's like oh my gosh this is it and then betsy pulls out the gun and we get yeah and she sees also that little charm that little saint anthony's charm clipped on her purse and i was like why would she have that out (laughs) and my favorite i think in this whole thing was how that they crash through that glass bulletin board thing yeah that was pretty fun i enjoyed that okay i will say that my favorite thing was when fireman sean came over to the brother's house and Uh he walks in and he sees their entire like house covered in all these like weird like basically like what alex and drew do they post up all those pictures and have arrows drawn all these notes everywhere and his whole house is covered like that he's like oh so this is a lot (laughs) and the brother's like yeah my wife is gone and (laughs) so is the kid and i'm just yeah this is my life now i was just like (laughs) i don't know why but it made me laugh (laughs) well in the next one they are obviously trying to bring make toby levin's character sean the fireman and like this little like love triangle between uh, alex and sean (laughs) and drew and i say dial it up because he there was barely any he was barely in it so yeah dial that up i'd enjoy that i think that could be fun I, yeah, I was kind of, I mean, again, I watched these for the mystery, not for the romance side of it, but I do enjoy the very subtle hints here and there. And then at the end, you know, there's always some sort of like long last look or like maybe oh, a frightened yeah. little, ah, and then they, you know, 
have that moment, you know. Yeah. But there was none of that in it, which I kept, I honestly, okay, this is going to be terrible. I was like, please don't kiss Fireman Sean because he's your brother-in-law in the other movies, and I don't think I can handle that mentally. I need a few uh, more episodes yeah. before I can get over that. And I was just like, okay. Um, but nothing really, there wasn't a whole lot of romance in any of them. Like, not even, like, bigger hints. I'm with you. Turn it up. I need more. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna, if you're still gonna go the classic Hallmark route, dial mm-hmm. it up for sure. Or at least don't have it at all. Like, don't just have this like tiny bit. That's not satisfying. Yeah. Anyway. At first, I thought Fireman Sean was just gonna be a friend, and then they, yeah, yeah. you're they kind of turned it, and they were like, well, maybe he's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Toby Levins. He's very attractive. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind that, but I was just yeah. like, no, not with Alex though, because y'all yeah. are related. So. <laughs> Yeah, I honestly had more fun talking about this with you than I did watching. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but this one was just, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, no. So how many crowns would you give this one? This was my least favorite of the yeah. three. So That's I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm just going to give it a solid three. I still had fun with it, but it was my least favorite of the three. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a two. I have it at number 15. Gotcha. just under snow coming and above mm-hmm. ruby herring ruby herring is gonna reach out to <laughs> lose that bottom spot uh for me um it still has the hotness prize with Stephen Huzar, but yeah <laughs> that. but anyway okay so let's move on so the last one is the chronicle of mysteries vines that bind the thing i liked about this one is that they did use the podcast scene a little bit more there was like there were like four times or so and she actually like brought it with her mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a little better it still doesn't really make sense but at least it was integrated a little more so i appreciated right. that um and also i liked the fact that i thought it worked pretty well the fact that everything was just contained to this one family this one you even have linda dano like major <laughs> arc which was brilliant yes. and so i liked that that it was more um small you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of those later episodes of murder she wrote where she left cavett cove and would do these you know episodes in various other towns or other countries and it reminded me of that so i thought it was kind of cool that they left (laughs) that they left that little town and went to another little town yeah and so basically you have this guy who is killed in the vat room for the wine making wine and uh he is killed by the co2 gas that's emitted from these big vats of wine and mm-hmm. <clears throat> at first it's ruled as an accident but uh then you know they find out about it they decide to look into it she decides to use it and for the podcast and uh the victim yeah is, is this patriarch guy who's killed and then later on as she's investigating uh the the son one of the sons of the family is killed Mm-hmm. and this is outside it's just by the road he's kind of found killed and so there were a ton of red herrings in this one we had uh caitlin who i thought for sure was the murderer they successfully <gasps> tricked me i really thought it was me her. too me too yes and I, I don't know i was just 
because they love having just like with betsy there's yeah. all these thugs and mafia whatever and it's this you know this woman they love that kind of thing on these hallmark movies and so i i just i thought oh this disgruntled niece is going to be the one but anyway so there was caitlin and and then you have uh the uh you have linda dano's character who's just kind of the matriarch she's not really a suspect but anyway she's there they tried to make her one like in the middle-ish with having her name on some documents like her initials yeah on the will but it was very yeah it was very short-lived yeah the other main suspect is this guy ryan who was very what do you think of his sweater i thought of you I saw the like, Ooh, this guy's very suspect with this tan sweater uh, he was too creepy for me to yeah. even notice this he was very intense like as soon as he laid eyes on alex i was like oh all right settle down sir and chuck chuck this is his shining hour this is the yes. greatest thing to ever exist and chuck first of all he brings the chalkboard downstairs and that whole scene was so great I loved oh my it. gosh I just love that he knew everyone or he knew somebody's cousin who knew somebody. Oh, I just I just loved everything about Chuck. It Chuck reminded me his role actually reminded me a lot of Marshall Erickson on How I Met Your Mother. Like just the way there's a certain innocence about and there's even a whole episode where Marshall steals the blackboard from from Lily's school and uh, so that they can do this whole tournament of of uh, Barney's girlfriends and uh <laughs> anyway uh it, i don't know there's just something about him with like the snacks and with other stuff that kind of reminded me of that oh of that, him in that car with all oh. those cake rolls i died i died laughing <laughs> so and I was funny like, chuck is me and i am chuck because that's exactly the way i would set up to yeah spy on somebody i'd be like give me all the little debbies yeah he's got water. all these swiss rolls and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's like somebody needs to check him for diabetes after oh my gosh it was it was really funny and (laughs) and then i also loved rebecca staub in this she eileen she was amazing i i have always loved her she elevates anything she i can't think of any time i've seen her in anything where i was like wow she wasn't great she's she's always great and uh she was really good in this i thought she was just I don't know i just really liked every single scene she was in she was so like so sneaky about how she was getting the information she's like looking in the yearbook and looking in the uh looking at the papers by the other uh by why the right uh, other lady i think her name was tracy the lady that worked at that worked the mom character kind of oh yeah right that the one that was really stressed out all the time yeah I was like, I don't think that she's the murderer. I was pretty sure on that. I thought it was definitely oh, either. Oh, wait. Was it Mary? Her name was oh, Mary. Was Mary. Okay, maybe Mary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I couldn't remember if it was Tracy or Mary. But That's anyway, right. it was something like that. And, uh, and <laughs> I, there's a point where she's like, oh, I'll bring out a, a special bottle of rosé. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel a little nervous because but I, I was i was pretty sure that she wasn't the murderer right i thought they set it up for her too early in the, right. in the show for it to be her um and she played nervous really well like, yeah she did uncertainty she played that really well and so yeah. I, was, I was really digging her character um i did absolutely die laughing when they're having the supposed uh like 
jam session where they're giving out different assignments <laughs> at the newspaper. Yeah. And like newspapers just don't work that way now. <laughs> like it's it's so different. Like and but they have <laughs> they're planning on giving a four column quarter with photos <laughs> on Tina the Llama. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, like Tina is, it, is it somehow related to mittens over at Vineyard? That's what I was thinking too. I was yeah. like, okay, where's is, is this llama been? Because I feel like Tina the llama is a thing and I should probably remember. And I was like, I know mittens. Yeah. Four columns. Yeah. A four columns with photos. I mean, that it was so funny. I was dying laughing. And <laughs> so yes and so you also have drew's niece who's uh working at the paper and does this oh it's his a, niece i thought it was his daughter i thought it was too until i was corrected <laughs> oh seriously so thought she said hey dad and at one point alex is like dad and he's like yeah and then she says where does where does she stay you know why is she, where's her mom and yeah yeah i thought that was I, his daughter well if he is it is, two different people no, the girl who like does the research for them right. on the form. I it was his daughter. For it was like form four eight nine nine. Yes. Or whatever. <laughs> like what? Did they fill out their TPS report? Yeah, that's like, right. So the there's also this young man who's kind of a little bit shady, along with Caitlin, and like I said, Ryan. Who and there's this this whole part of the soil uh, of this neighboring farm that's been kind of contaminated and so there's that going on and then there's this crazy woman with a gun and you mm. knew she wasn't the murderer because that's mm. just too too obvious but she was nuts yeah. <laughs> like stay away from you her didn't get any character from her other than she came out with a shotgun and said i don't talk to the press yeah right like, dang okay yes and so the reason why there's also this lawyer guy and i was just kept thinking of him as mr peck from jesse shores yes and i don't think this guy has this actor has ever been anything but a evil man of business he's all <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy needs to play santa claus once just because he's always and i should have known from the very beginning that he was a bad man of business and he was a lawyer even worse yeah. I go by his glasses frames, honestly, because I'm like, oh, these red circle ones, that's, that's not, nope, I, I feel like he's up to no good. Because he always yeah. wears the same style of frames. He was just in the, the other one, the Just Add Romance, and he played her dad, but he yeah. was very stifled and, like, businessy. Yeah, and he, that was such an odd, I liked the movie a lot, but I thought it was such a weird performance, <laughs> it was such a weirdly <laughs> written character, not really his fault, I thought it was a very weirdly written character, I, I don't know, it was strange, but, um, but anyway, yeah, he, he was, he was pretty suspect from the beginning, the lawyer, and, uh, and so, and he's one of the members of the family, he's the nephew of the Lindo Dano character and she's right. kind of related to everybody and I wish they'd given maybe even one more scene for Linda Dano because I really thought she was fun yeah and so I I hope that we get it I would love to see her in a Christmas movie I think she'd be amazing 
I thought it was funny that she kept thinking that Alex was his assistant and she was like, don't touch those cookies. We can have something for you in the kitchen. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. And I loved when they bring the the chalkboard down and they're, they're, they got Ryan there with that picture of him as mugshot. (laughs) I'm like, obviously he's not the murderer. They, of course. And I think that's why I thought for sure it was Caitlin because she was the other person yes. on that board on the other side. And, and, uh, and Alex even said like, why do we think it's Caitlin? Like what? Because yeah. anyway, and so the, uh, so there's, there's all that. So they start looking into Caitlin and, uh, Chuck does the stakeout and he figures out that, uh, through his stakeout, <laughs> that uh, Caitlin and the boyfriend are going to be uh, leaving town to go and get married basically to go and elope because they're in love and the family is really against it and so that's why they're being kind of shady because there's this whole thing with Caitlin and the hard drive as well Mm -hmm. and she's like trying to she's trying to release erase everything off the hard drive and she's and Alex is like uh well you can still find those things that have been erased it's just like oh you can't <laughs> which they make it seem like it's just no big deal like everything has an actual copy and i'm like and they just send it off to the sky and yeah i don't know about that but but yeah anyway the and, and he she's like and alex says uh well can i have the hard drive it's like oh we can't leave it unattended she's like what about this hard drive but it is like oh okay it's wrapped brand new right (laughs) uh so anyway that that whole scene like you said with chuck and the stakeout was the best hilarious and then you get the one guy that's out on bail but the lawyers being still pretty shifty Mm -hmm. and uh, it was pretty because they they tell they they tell chuck gotta stop him you gotta stop him and he's like how am i gonna stop him like what so he gets him to jump their car his car which was pretty clever it was pretty good and then there is also this whole scene where alex goes into the uh the the that room i don't know what you call it. the distillery i guess is what it's called mm-hmm. anyway whatever and she goes in there and she gets locked in and she sends a text to drew she sends the she says she sends the te- text that room help two exclamation points and he's just gonna like what what's going on here <laughs> right because earlier she sent him a help text and all she needed him to do was open the the like dial on the yeah dial. can you help me he's like that this requires a help text and she's like yeah it does but if i if somebody had already been murdered via that room if somebody sent me text that room I think I would let them cry wolf a couple more times before I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so she ends up get she does end up getting rescued. And yes, so she, by his very, very attractive door kick down. I was like, right. I will rewatch this again. Oh wait, I just did. Oh, I just did again. Yes. Thank you, Drew. Right. I Thank was you. Like, well, it was a, he was a little he was a little late 
late in his chivalry but yes it was good and so then they go and uh they uh meet with linda dano one more time and they figure out that the lawyer uh is her lawyer nephew has all this motivation or whatever and then they catch him through uh kind of staging this thing where he's there with this gun and he thinks that he's i guess he's gonna kill him and they're like oh surprise you just recorded that all (laughs) on tape and the police are all here and that is one thing about this series is because most of the other series they involve the the police in some way in these investigations Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. guess because these are supposedly cold cases they don't Mm -hmm. need to as much i guess but yeah you would think that the i mean there's almost no involvement of law enforcement at all in either of these three cases right it's pretty pretty interesting (laughs) (laughs) anyway so they catch the lawyer guy and uh and there you go that's the end of the this one uh but this one was by far the best because i think first of all i'd kind of resigned myself that it wasn't going to be what i wanted it to be and okay whatever i'm just gonna try to enjoy it mm-hmm. second of all the uh the podcast was at least used a little bit more than the others right. and third chuck and eileen were the best to ever exist yes. they were amazing right yeah and they really did get me on caitlin i really thought for sure it was her i did too i really did i thought it was going to come out that she had i thought honestly it was going to come out that she had backing from the lawyer guy and he was helping her to cover up her crimes and that it was going to be her all along so yes this by far was the most fun for me because i was just very very oh my gosh guessing the whole time changing my mind the whole time oh no it's this oh no it's this and so yeah this one to me was the most fun uh-huh. so how many crowns do you give this one i gave this one 3.5 mainly for chuck and his yeah. little debbies yep so i will give it 3.25 crowns so pretty good i and i have it currently a 10th place Ooh, okay. i have it just after winter castle and just before winter princess so that's where it ends up the rating i see that all of these were written by melissa salmons who basically did every not every but most of um allison sweeney's hallmark stuff she did all three of these she did christmas at hollywood lodge the murder she baked um one of those um she did the irresistible blueberry farm and then she's done a ton of writing for days of our lives so i think that's pretty cool you know because you know that allison sweeney is the executive producer on this she's been a producer yeah. on you know a lot of her other stuff um but i really like that she brought in you know a woman writer i think um craig winman helped with this last one yeah and i saw him on twitter yeah and i really like his writing and i think he's got some new stuff coming out so like in the mystery world so i'm pretty excited about that because i do enjoy his writing mm-hmm. and um i think he's a i think he's funny <laughs> so we don't know the rating yet for this last one okay uh, that's not in but the highest so far this year on hallmark movies and mysteries is mystery 101 at 1.50 uh viewers million viewers yeah 
And then you have the second Chronicle Mysteries at 1.40. And uh, then there's uh, uh, the first one at 1.26. And so at least it must have had some good word of mouth or I don't right. know. Interesting. And then uh, Ruby Herring, I mean, Emma Fielding 1.23, Ruby Herring 1.22 so the ratings yeah. i would be surprised if we get any more ruby herring to be honest um and i'd be surprised if getting more fielding but we'll see how it goes it, it, it just there's just so many in the works so many new ones i know, I know that, which is exciting mm -hmm. but i'm just wondering um, um you know i just i see a lot of potential here yeah. outside of the podcast stuff um i yeah. see a lot of potential here and it'd be interesting to see how this how these characters you know move on and evolve and what else they can do um with the paper and and, and whatnot so anyway hopefully we have it i was really nervous about this podcast because i didn't want it to come off as too negative because i was pretty disappointed by the series and it wasn't what i was hoping it would be but hopefully we had some good points some bad points we we tried and i really appreciate you coming on and talking especially last minute of course it was very nice of you and so how can people how can people find you Online. you can find me uh at twitter and instagram at girl gone hallmark great and you can find me at rachel's reviews on itunes and youtube uh you want to check out my channel this week i'm going to be talking about uh captain marvel so exciting coming up uh, and i'm going to be doing later on in the week i'm going to be doing my podcast with my friend trevor from how to love comics all about both the comics and the movie it's going to be really cool so check over my channel i'd really appreciate it and make sure you're following the podcast the hallmarkies pod all of our social media and on itunes and youtube if you're listening on itunes please give us your ratings and reviews we really appreciate it and if you're listening on youtube please give us a thumbs up and a subscription we really appreciate that as well so thanks so much lisa you're the best and Aww. let us know what you think about the chronicle mysteries what were you disappointed were you excited what did you think let us know in the comments or on twitter we'd really appreciate it and uh thanks again and we'll talk to you all we'll talk to you all later bye, bye.